Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joining us with my co-host, Cam, and the chairman, Stephen Vincent. And boy, after taking a week off, do we have a lot to talk about this week. Um, we thought for sure just going into the show, we were going to be talking about Okada. We thought we were going to be talking about Netflix and Raw. We were going to be previewing the Royal Rumble. All of which, which we will still get to today, and we will still talk about, but... A few hours earlier, and I'm sure if you're listening to the show and if you're a fan of the show, you already know the news. The latest um, lawsuit that came out involving Vince McMahon and uh, sex trafficking and uh, uh, basically an affair with a woman that went too far. And he basically passed her around the office to various people and Johnny Laurinaitis and... It's a lot to get into. I mean, if uh, you've seen some of the text messages from Vince that are just gross and disgusting and you see some of the stuff he said and it says we all knew it's one of those things where we all knew Vince was crazy and a pervert. But then we read some of the stuff that is in this like him basically shitting on this woman during a threesome and then making her still perform the sex acts with whoever was the other person in it. And then, you know, <laughs> making her using dildos on her that he named after WWE got wrestlers and you know there's implications that uh Brock Lesnar might be involved in some of this stuff as there was something about a former UFC heavyweight champion they were trying to sign uh just a whole whole lot of mess that is not good for anybody involved uh Endeavor TKO has kind of just basically kind of out and said they don't defend any of this. This was kind of before they took over. Vince has pretty much been phased out anyway. I would not be surprised if, hell, by the time we're done recording this podcast, that they say Vince is no longer a part of Endeavor, WWE, whatever, or maybe sometime Friday morning. It's just bad, and it's horrible. And, you know, seeing this stuff that the woman had to go through, um, you know, I'm not here to, you know, cast guilt defend anybody it's just a lot and a lot to take into and i just think it's one of those things where vince is done now at this point there's no coming back from this um i don't think there is even if he's proven innocent somehow i don't think there's any coming back from this and you wonder what the implications are for others going forward i mean like what happens if what's something with brock lesnar there's been certain executives that are not named in the suit but go by executive number one two three four uh, it's just a big, big, giant uh, mess for Vince McMahon to deal with, and it's horrible to see and read these accusations that have come out, and you feel for this woman uh, that had to go through all of this. But, uh, Chairman, you texted me right away when the stuff came out and said, well, so much for having a nice, simple show uh, this week. Well, when you read everything, what did you what did you think when you read it? It's disgusting. And unfortunately, I'm not surprised because there's been lots of allegations over the years involving Vince with sexual assault related incidents. And it's almost like the character we've seen on TV over the years of him degrading women and having people kissing his ass on live television. You all thought it was just a character. It's not a character. This is real life Vince. Like, it's just, this is how he is. Like, it's disgusting. Like, it's supposed to be for entertainment, we thought, you know, 20 years ago he was doing this. But he's really like this. And the scary thing is, how many more people haven't come forward? You know, because obviously, you know, there's just a lot of stuff to take on if you're a victim of this. Like, there's some brave soldiers that might come forward, and some of them might not for the fear of the aftermath. It's just scary to think of how much stuff Vince has buried over the years. 
you know, it's just him and his boys club. They're all disgusting people. You know, this might, I mean, Endeavor, you know, they're going to have to cut ties. I mean, pretty much at this point, you know, especially if things do come out true, you know, if Brock Lesnar was involved, his career is over. If any other wrestlers were involved, they're done. You know, you really hope like Nick Khan or Triple H, you know, some of these people, how much do they know? Were they involved? I mean, a lot of question marks. It's just, uh, you know, we have the new Netflix deal just announced. We'll get that later. Um, yeah, it's uh, not good for the WWE right now. We got the big Royal Rumble coming up in a couple of days. And we should be talking about the Royal Rumble. We should be celebrating one of the biggest events of the year that could make WrestleMania. And now we have a giant distraction thanks to Vince. And it's gross. And I guess we'll have to wait and see kind of what comes out in the next few days. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, if they do their typical post-PLE uh, press conferences that Triple H normally does, you know uh, they're going to, I mean, if it's even real media, if it's the real media there, they're going to ask Triple H about this. And it's one of those things where I don't expect him to be able to comment on this. I mean, it's an ongoing, uh, it's an ongoing lawsuit. It's, I, mean, I wouldn't even, I would be surprised if he didn't have some kind of prepared statement saying, you know, uh, this is an active investigation. What happened to this woman was horrible. Uh, you know, we but I can't comment further on it at this time, which is the legally right thing to do. Uh, and I know, you know, people might not like it, but there's not a lot you can end up doing with that as far as an active lawsuit goes. You just cannot mention anything one way or the other. And like you said, I hope Triple H or Nick Khan, guys that have been helping the WWE and kind of been doing it uh, the right way going forward, that, you know, these guys weren't involved. I know there's stuff with Stephanie McMahon. You know, it's one of those things, you know, what kind of relationship do they have? You figure Stephanie is like, they, they voted for Vince McMahon to be off the board the first time. And then, you know, Vince came in or Vince left, Stephanie took over. And then when Vince came back, Stephanie left. And you wonder what kind of relationship strain that has in a relationship between Vince and Stephanie. Um, or Vince and Triple H at this point. I mean, I know they were together at the New York Stock Exchange this past week when it was announced that The Rock was uh, now a member of the board there. Uh, just very, uh, you know, you wonder how that affects them. And then, of course, yeah, you wonder how it affects this woman, too, who had to go through all of this. Uh, Cam, when you saw the news about these this Vince McMahon stuff this, uh, this afternoon, this morning, what were your thoughts? Well, first of all, I would just like to say, fuck Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's horrible. I mean, he's not the first billionaire to do some sketchy, messed up stuff like that. Men in power, you know, t- tend to have weird issues with things like that, you know. And I think when he first initially left the company and, you know, took a step down and all that stuff, I think that he knew, everyone knew what was coming out. And I think Vince knew it was probably just a matter of time until something else came out about him and now this has come out and you know i'm sure he'll drift further further away from being in any sort of position at all um with tko wwe anything like that so i mean it it's something we don't want to hear about you know it's unfortunate that a woman had to experience that and you know vince's legacy is kind of tarnished a little bit you know with everything he's done through all the years for as a creative person um, you know, his legacy kind of gets messed up a little bit when, he, when all this stuff's coming out. 
Yeah, and you wonder, like, I know there's talk of a Vince McMahon biopic that was in the works for a while, too. You wonder if this gets added to it. Who knows? But, yeah, I mean, I have a feeling this isn't going to be the last thing we hear of Vince McMahon going forward as far as allegations like this go. I mean, like Chairman said, like, you just assume this is his character, uh, you know, on TV. But in actuality, it's not his character. Like, it's actually the real man that ends up. Yeah, going through all this stuff and doing these things and it was just like the lightning like this like basically what you saw on his on tv was like the light portion i think of the real vince mcmahon and it was just uh it was it's a bad it's bad for everybody involved anybody had to go through this and like i said i i have a bad feeling this is going to be more of this to come in the next few weeks once they and then once vince is finally done with tko there's really nothing left for him as far as you know defense goes and we'll see what happens if this gets to trial or any kind of civil case and it'll just be more of a talking point so that was the big news that came today of course the big news that came earlier this week was the fact that raw starting in 2025 is moving to netflix in a move that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. I know there was talk of some streaming services possibly adding, um, you know, live sports, or there was talk, you know, Amazon Prime was in it, uh, discussions with them, but Netflix was in discussions. I think a lot of people thought WB, um, Warner Brothers, was going to be maybe the favorite, and then there would be what happens with AEW. Uh, but here we are, I'm going over to Netflix in 2025, and Raw apparently staying three hours. It's a $5 billion deal over, um, it could be five years, it could be 10 years. Like basically, Netflix, It's a. it was announced, I believe, as a 10-year deal, with Netflix having the option to bail after five or later extend it to 20. So a lot of the power here is in Netflix court. Um, I don't think that really, I mean, I think live content-wise, if the Netflix decides to drop this after five years, I don't think WWE would be in a bad space. I mean, I've, everybody is craving live content nowadays, so... You, who knows where they would end up if they opt out after five years. But, I mean, I, it was literally, I was joking with my girlfriend that she added me to her Netflix account um, the day before. And then the next day, here we go, and Netflix and Raw together. I go, geez, I must have been, like, I must have some kind of psychic powers to be able to say, hey, well, you want to add me to your Netflix account? Because I figure I might, I was, we were watching some shows, and I'm like, why don't you add me so I can catch up with some of the stuff you're watching? And sure enough, I'll need it now come January 2025 to watch Raw. And uh, but we don't know where Raw is going to be after September because USA's contract with Raw ends after September. So that leaves Raw three months of not being right now having a, a home as far as TV goes. So who will see what happens there. Uh, Cam, I'll go over to you here first. What were your thoughts when you heard about the Raw Netflix deal? I mean, I was surprised. I mean, Netflix is a conglomerate. They keep going up in price, and I'm super expensive. But now, you know, we've, we're sucked back in as wrestling fans. I mean, I feel like Peacock kind of takes a loss here because, you know, there, there are some decent shows on Peacock, but they kind of, um, you know, they kind of got the, the shaft a little bit because the WWE, obviously, you know, a lot of people were going to Peacock to watch, you know, um, the premium live events and all the other content that's available on there. But now, you know, it's kind of all going to be on Netflix. So it's a win for them. I mean, I guess it's a win for The Rock because he owns the trademark The Rock now. So that was part of his deal where he got to keep or go back to using his name. I mean, it's a big time money move. I mean, Nick Khan is, you know, when he initially got brought in a couple of years ago, you know, we saw the writing on the wall of a sale because that's what he does. He comes in and helps companies do these sort of things. And that was, you know, I kind of had this feeling coming and now everything's changing. And as long as they don't change, I think Raw should always be on Monday. 
I mean, I don't know what other day they would possibly do it on, you know, because you got NXT Tuesday, SmackDown is Friday. So, I mean, unless they really want to get crazy and, and try to go head to head with AEW and put Net Raw on Netflix live on on Wednesday nights, I mean, maybe they could possibly do something like that. But, I mean, I just kind of hope they keep Raw on Mondays. I think it's just kind of where they where it's always been and where it always kind of should be, you know, it's, it's Monday night raw. Um, but you know, I think that's the way world's going. I mean, I feel like everyone, like you said, chairman with, with, or Justin, excuse me, with everyone kind of going live sports on Peacock and HBO and everything's like that. Like, you know, regular standard television, as we know, it is a dying, a dying breed. So at some point, you know, there won't even really be a need for it. And once the NFL kind of smarts up, even though they get paid up the ass and they come up with their own streaming service and, things like that, you know, television at some point in our lifetime will definitely be dead. Yeah, and Peacock, for what I read all the time about streaming stuff, I mean, I'm not the most into that, but I see Peacock is like the biggest money losing, I think I saw, app that they have. I mean, like they, like you said, they have the network. I sometimes watch The Office on it. I watch a couple movies that I see on there here and there too, but they don't have a lot of content on there, content on there outside of, you know, they stream, they stream exclusively the one playoff game and they do Sunday Night Football. And I know like for Cam and I, they have the Premier League on there too, but I mean, they still have three years left of WWE. I believe that the network is only going over internationally to Netflix to start, um, and they still have Peacock in America. But, yeah, I mean, who knows if Peacock, if they're really losing as much money as they say they're losing, tries to get out of that early uh, to go forward. But, uh, Chairman, what are your thoughts when you saw the news of Raw moving to Netflix? I didn't even know Netflix was in the game. I thought, like, Amazon Prime, if anybody, would be the streaming Oh my goodness! Like I, I hate Netflix. Like it's so expensive. Like I cancel my Netflix. Like I only re up when like a new season of a show I like comes out, and then I cancel right away. Now I'm gonna have to keep it year round. This sucks. But uh, obviously money talks, and it'd be kind of weird not seeing Raw in USA. I mean, I know there was a brief period that they weren't on USA years ago, but it's like just weird. Like you pick up SmackDown and you get rid of Raw. Um. I guess with Netflix, you know, now they're not on quote unquote TV. I wonder if there would be more, I don't know, bringing back the TV 14 ish a little more, you know, drop a few more profanity words, not be so kid friendly. I mean, I don't know what the restrictions are going to be taken off a little bit or not. Um, maybe make Raw more geared towards the older fans and SmackDown more towards the younger fans. I don't know. I'm probably overthinking this, but. Yeah, it's like you guys said, they got the Peacock deal. So who knows if they'll move everything over to Netflix when that deal runs up. So I, I thought Peacock, if streaming service, might have been a player too. Um, but yeah, then of course, Raw's homeless for three months. So does the Netflix deal start three months early? You almost think you would have to at this point. Like, you can't just not have Raw for three months. Um, but yeah, definitely interesting. And I'm going to have to get a Netflix subscription come this time. And that sucks for me. <laughs> Maybe they'll revive Tout for three months and they'll move Raw over to Tout for the October, November, and December time frame and get some uh, service back from them. But uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see. I mean, like, I, if I was NBC Universal, I wouldn't want to put Raw on somewhere else for three months knowing they're leaving. I mean, does, do they just 
gave a do a three month deal with USA. I mean, I don't know how the television, uh, the television world works if a short term deal like that. Uh, but like you said, yeah, I mean, I'll be curious to see what happens with. I mean, I'm assuming NXT stays on Tuesdays on the CW, and I thought I heard some talk of SmackDown possibly getting off Fridays on USA. I don't know where what day they would move it to. I mean, like you said, do they go head to head on Wednesdays with AEW? Do they put SmackDown on Tuesdays and then have like NXT move to like a uh, Wednesday or Thursday on the CW. Who knows? Uh, but definitely interesting times ahead as far as TV deals go. It'll be a whole new face for the TV world in 2025 when it comes to WWE with all of these shows now changing channels and going to brand new places. I'll be interested to see it be, I'm sure it'll, this will just absolutely kill all the ratings war people who now won't be able to talk, to know what the ratings are for raw. Now that it is on Netflix, uh, starting in 2025 and compare it to AEW, but I'm sure they'll do that with SmackDown and even with NXT and the CW too. So I'm sure they won't be losing, uh, won't be losing a lot to talk about as far as, uh, as that talk goes, because we all know people love talking about it. Uh, all right, so that kind of covers that part. Uh, you know, the Vince McMahon allegations, the Raw movement to Netflix. Uh, there also, you know, it seemed like there might have been some movement on the Okada uh, leaving New Japan front this earlier this week. It seems like it's died down a little bit. Uh, obviously, he's finishing up with New Japan uh, in the next few weeks, and then apparently. There was a rumor out there that he may be WWE bound, uh, but nobody's really confirmed that. Uh, you know, Tony, after the news came out that Okada was leaving, you know, Tony Khan made a subtle tweet about it being a good year. And I know Edge is calling, or I'm sorry, Adam Copeland's calling out legends on AEW. And he called out Minoru Suzuki. He had fought Minoru Suzuki this past week. Maybe this is all leading to Okada showing up there. Uh, and there was talk, I forgot who it was, so I'm sorry that I can't credit it, who it was that said it, that Okada has always wanted to wrestle on a WrestleMania. So, you know, that could lead you to think maybe he might be WWE bound, but I still don't know. I, I mean, I if I'm Okada, the way I look at I, like the way he left is leaving New Japan, it just like makes me think that if he was doing the way, why couldn't he work AEW and New Japan on a more limited basis if he was really just leaving that way? Like, just go, you know, to AEW, work New Japan too, but then, you know, why did you make that? Why did New Japan come out with a statement saying that he's gone? And, you know, that kind of leads me more to believe that he may be WWE bound and not AEW bound, like a lot of people seem to think. Like, he's fought, the thing is, he's fought a lot of these people already in AEW that he would go there to fight. Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, and yeah, they're going to be great matches, but I think you get new, fresher opponents in WWE with like a Roman Reigns, with Gunther, with Seth Rollins, with CM Punk, and it's a little bit more interesting for me, at least from a wrestling fan. I mean, Maybe Okada just wants to wrestle these last few years of his life and kind of he sees that Nakamura can go over there. He can surf in Florida and do and just kind of be laid back and and work that way, too. I think either way, he'll be presented as a big star. But uh, chairman, you had any idea where you think you're leaning one way or the other, where you think Okada might be going? Um, This is a tricky one, but, you know, you definitely make some good points, though, like with the AEW stuff, like. How many more times can he fight the Kenny Omegas and the Brian Danielsons and the Will Ospreys? Like, those stories have been told time and time again. I mean, yeah, 
he probably isn't well known enough, you know, in the U.S. to some casual fans. But still, whatever the diehards obviously know who Okada is. He's probably more recognized than most Japanese wrestlers. But something tells me he's WWE bound. I just feel like he's the guy, and I think he wants to be on the biggest stage of all. I think you know he wants to do WrestleMania. I think he, you know. Maybe something with Shinsuke, you know, they had a pass in chaos years ago. I mean, whether they feud or whether they align, I mean, there's some stories to be told there, I think. I mean, him and Shinsuke are probably talking. And, I mean, I'm not sure how close they are, friends or not. But, I mean, I'm sure if Okada was interested in WWE, he'd probably hit up Shinsuke and ask him what, what his thoughts were. He's probably hitting up guys that are in EW, too. So, I mean, there's a lot of question marks, you know. It'd be kind of cool if uh, he shows up in the Royal Rumble this uh, Saturday. <laughs> that would be uh, AJ Styles' holy shit moment. But being that he's still under contract, I don't think that's happening. But, you know, he could be a open challenge for somebody at WrestleMania, and that would be crazy. Yeah, that would be. I'm trying to think who would be doing open challenge like that. Obviously, Seth can't do it now. Um, yeah, that'd be. I would definitely be because that's definitely the kind of crowd you'd want to debut him in front of. There's enough people at a WrestleMania giant show like that that'll treat him like a big star and they'll know who he is. Uh, it's definitely another interesting idea to throw out there. Um, Chairman, or no, I'm sorry, Chairman Cam. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Okada news? And you got any idea where you where you think he might be going? Well, Okada's the same age that Shinsuke Nakamura was when Shinsuke left New Japan. Um, I mean, I personally think if we're all wrong here, you know, AEW fans can come talk shit to us on Twitter. It's fine. Uh, but I think WWE, too, I mean, for all the reasons you guys said, I mean, is, does he want to pass up a fucking WrestleMania match with John Cena and get paid very handsomely for the next few years? Um, a WrestleMania match with Roman Reigns, you know, with a, a, a giant list of names seth punk every you know anybody la knight everyone that's in the wwe um or does he want to wrestle on collision in henderson nevada where they've sold a whopping 824 tickets in fucking las vegas the night before the super bowl where there's what at least another half a million or at least another hundred thousand people in the city for the weekend and they can't even sell a thousand tickets in las vegas you know you kind of weigh your options there um but yeah i mean has shinsuke been treated i think shinsuke you know when we talked about this, if Vince and Kevin Dunn were still in charge, hell no. He'd probably rather go to AEW, even go to Impact full-time. Um, but with Triple H in charge, and Shinsuke's had the best run of any Asian wrestler in the history of the WWE, when you really, really think about it. And I was nervous when he first came over because it's Vince. And, you know, Tajiri was a great wrestler. And they have all kinds of guys throughout the years where they're like, they kind of get treated as second-class um, superstars because, you know, the language barrier and all this stuff. But Shinsuke's had a resurgence under Triple H. You know, even Vince kind of booked him okay at the beginning, but the whole kick-in-the-dick AJ Styles thing will live on forever at WrestleMania is probably one of the worst finishes. Sorry, Justin. The Randy Orton-Bray Wyatt finish was nowhere near getting kicked in the dick at a WrestleMania potential main event. Um, But, yeah, I think think for all those reasons, I mean, at least comes the WWE. Because like you said, Justin, if he was going to do AEW full-time and then go back to New Japan for the bigger shows – uh, I don't think New Japan has a whole statement unless him and the people and the powers that be in New Japan just, you know, don't get along and they put out this press conference as a saving face thing or something. But, I mean, him coming to the WWE, I think, makes the most sense. Like I said, Triple H is in charge. There's a lot of matches that he's never had with WWE guys. And look at Shinsuke. You know, he 
hasn't aged much. You know, he's working a WWE schedule and, you know, working a WWE, I mean, AEW is not, or, or, you know, doing as many shows as the WWE for say, but the style and everything that goes into it and the Florida surf waves and all that stuff. Um, I think it makes it a lot easier of a choice, especially, you know, they both can throw a lot of money at you, but, you know, I think that if I was Okada, I'd at least entertain the idea of coming back because him and John Cena, AEW can't give a better, bigger match than John Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, Cena came out today that he thinks he probably has like three more years of some kind of wrestling left going forward. Um, that's obviously a match you fit right there. You throw in there. I know everybody's always talked about, you know, John Cena versus Tanahashi, the the face versus the ace. I know that was always a dream match thrown around back then, but yeah, I mean, I don't think you can get, I think WWE has more money to throw. I think, like you said, I think both companies would treat him as a big star. I think it would take some time for them to, at least in WWE, to get like acclimated to like a regular Monday Night Raw crowd. They'd be like, oh, who's this Okada? And like, if you're going to like the Royal Rumble, you're going to WrestleMania a premium live event where they would know instantly who Okada was, um, you know, sure like Shawn Michaels would love to work with I don't think you know one of the things that came out in that report was that he would start in NXT and I'm sorry I know Nakamura started in NXT but that was when they were trying to make NXT like the you know like a cool like PWG indie and that's not the case with NXT anymore Okada I would almost feel safe to say would probably go right to the main roster I mean yeah maybe you could go to the performance center for a month or, or so to like you know get used to a WWE ring work on his English a little bit more maybe uh, you know work out get a, a claim accustomed to that kind of stuff but I don't think he's doing like a six month stint in NXT now I know Dragon Lee is doing that in NXT right now too but that was part of the deal there where he wanted to do that where I don't think Okada will leave to go start on NXT I think like you said WrestleMania night after WrestleMania kind of debut, I think would be great for somebody uh, like Okada. So uh, that's as far as we go. I think behind the scenes kind of stuff. I can't really think of anything else uh, as, as far as new stuff goes. Uh, I just want to say one thing real quick on AEW. I mean, this is pretty much WWE heavy show, but I hate, I mean, listen, you guys know my opinions on the young bucks. You've listened to the show. This whole new thing they're doing where they're pretending to be like actually caring about the company and playing up their executive vice president role on TV and then talking about this past week how like morale's improved and the catering's so good backstage now and they fixed that. And they did that sit down promo a couple weeks ago on on Sting, uh, you know, and doing that, barely mentioning Sting and Darby Allen in the process. I mean, bringing up the past superstar who clearly talking about CM Punk. It's so clearly obvious that CM Punk is in these guys' heads. And if you want to know why AEW can't grow their fan base, it's literally because of stuff like this, where they're they're throwing all these shots out there and like. You know, people, it's funny, people keep expecting CM Punk to say this kind of stuff in WWE, but they don't. And it's because, again, you know, the fact that, like I say, WWE doesn't need to talk down to AEW and bring them up, where it seems like AEW and the Young Bucks always bring these guys up and are talking about, you know, subtle hints and innuendo about the stuff that's going on backstage. And they care more about it more than Punk does, and WWE does at this point. But I never thought I could grow to hate the Young Bucks more as as far as on-screen characters go but this whole gimmick they have going on right now with them pretending like they care about what's going on now that they're executive vice presidents and they're taking that role seriously on tv going forward um i hate it uh i don't know if you have any thoughts on this cam 
Oh yeah, you know, a couple weeks ago when we did our, um, you know, tag team wrestler our predictions for this year, you know, I picked the Bucks for to be the tag team of 2024 because I felt like they needed a resurgence. They needed to go back to like the Ring of Honor heel Bucks that they used to do that everyone fucking loved, and they sold a million shirts while working in ten dollar indies and all this crazy stuff, and they didn't. And I gave it a week or two, and I said, let's let it marinate, because the interview with Renee was was whatever. But you get, you know, last night, and I believe it's just a bad taste in my mouth, because that's exactly what they're fucking doing. And it's like, so you can't, this company's been around for almost five years, and now you want to care about your job? Like, it comes across as you didn't care, and Cody left, and Punk left, and, you know, some other guys have left, you know, you've got... Um, QT Marshall left. Down in Ant- yeah, QT Marshall left. And if QT Marshall's leaving uh, a job that he shouldn't have had in the first place because he probably didn't like it there anymore, that's probably pretty telling of what the fuck's going on because who's going to employ that guy now? I mean, I know he works down in Mexico, but anybody can work in Mexico for a few pesos. Um, I don't like it at all. I think it's cringy, and maybe that's what they're going for, to be cringy, but it gets to the point where that whole, that whole X-Pac heat thing comes up where it's just not good, and I'm I'm – I'm upset, or for lack of a better term, I'm upset with them because they could have just said, screw it, we're bringing Superkick Party back, we're going to be fucking Shawn Michaels 1995, because that was their that was their indie gimmick, which they were basically Shawn Michaels and Marty Vinetti kind of arrogant heel, cocky Shawn Michaels from the mid-1990s, and it really, really, all kinds of years, you know, they were the biggest fucking name on the independent scene for years because of just their attitude. But this new gimmick, whatever you want to call it, is not working. I don't like it. They're basically saying we didn't give a shit for four years, and now Tony Khan threw some more money at us, so we're going to pretend to care on, on screen. I don't like it at all. And, you know, it is what it is. Sting supposedly picked, you know, handpicked them for the match. We can't really argue about it. You know, Sting wanted to do it. You know, it is what it is. It's Sting's last match. It's kind of funny that they had to announce Sting's last match to actually sell out a fucking venue because uh, they can't sell out venues anywhere in this country anymore um, without help or without announcing Sting's last match or fucking, you know, bringing back the ghost of Andre the Giant. Who knows? Um, yeah, I'm not a fan. Like I said a couple weeks ago, I said, let's let it marinate. But if this is the way it's going to go and they're going to beat Sting and Darby Allen in some like classless shitty way, and nothing's really going to come of it. I don't know. I don't like it. And it's bad. And, you know, even with Kenny gone and all this stuff, they're going to have, like I said, they're going to have to try to carry this thing. And they're not doing a good job. And I don't know. I don't like it. At all. How about you, Chairman? Any thoughts before we move on to the rumble? They might want to distance themselves from uh, looking like a certain somebody right now. If uh, what we <laughs> talked about the start of the show, <laughs> Just, 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 a, just a suggestion. Might be, might be wise to move away from that gimmick. I mean, at least they have a character now. Whereas, like, that whole weird thing with Kenny last year was just nothing. So at least there's some heel heat to this, and we'll leave it at that. All right, now let's move on to the Royal Rumble taking place uh, this Saturday, even though Gunther said Sunday on Raw, but obviously I think he corrected himself and said he meant Sunday, 2 a.m. 
I think his home his home country time. Uh, so that's obviously what he meant. Uh, only four matches announced for it at this point. Uh, we only have obviously both the men's and the women's rumble matches. We got Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens for the United States title, and we got the fatal four way match between Roman, AJ, Randy Orton, and LA Knight for the uh, for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. I mean, there were only five matches on the show last year, of course, but the show ended with the Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Bloodline storyline, which took up a good 15 extra minutes. I don't think they have that this year. But, I mean, as we say, it's everybody watches the Rumble for the Rumble. You can add on whatever else you want to uh, after that. I mean, it's a good thing. You know, one of the things we thought we'd be talking about would be Seth Rollins. Uh, and his in his knee injury that he suffered uh, on his match against Jinder Mahal on Raw a couple weeks ago, but apparently it's not as bad as uh, a lot of people thought it might be. It's just an MCL injury, uh, which they think he should be back in time for WrestleMania, uh, which is a good thing. You know, you don't have to have Seth on TV every week. Of course, you know, if this was Jack Tunney's WWE, uh, you know, 30 days defending that world title, otherwise you get stripped, but I guess that's not enforced anymore. Uh, but it's, I'm glad because, you know, Seth's been, uh, you know, been the face of the Raw brand pretty much, you know, him and Cody for the like the all of 2023, and you would hate to see him get, you know, booted out of a possible WrestleMania night one main event if, you know, with a knee injury after suffering it like that. Uh, so I'm glad that, you know, Seth's injury isn't as bad as it turned out to be. So that's a positive there. Uh, is chairman, what is your uh, level of excitement going into the rumble this Saturday? I'm pretty excited. Um, to jump on the Seth wagon real quick. Um, it's just funny to me that Damian priest who had a money, in the bank briefcase didn't take advantage of a wounded animal in the ring. And of course all the smart fans on X are like, he can't take a bump. I'm like, bullshit. All you got to do is turn the lights out of the arena. Seth's laying in the ring and Priest can cash in. Boom, done. Obviously, they're not doing that, but there's a route to do it. So, whatever. Um, thankfully, he's okay. Uh, WrestleMania is probably happening. He had the same injury, I believe, a couple years ago before his match with Triple H. So, um, yeah. Anyways, um, Rumble's looking great. Um, probably a few favorites on both, men's and women's. You know, the matches, whatever. I mean, realistically once in a while you'll get a sleeper match that you know shocks everybody when you're not expecting a good one because usually the world title matches are kind of throwaways of course there's no world title match well there is one this year it's four-way duh that's how much i forget about the world title because roman reigns is never freaking around okay now you talk about jack tiny 30 day rule roman reigns has to defend the title in three months so yeah um but yeah it should be a good show i'm looking forward to the men's and women's rumble matches yeah, uh, there's definitely an unpredictability to it this year as far as favorites. I mean, yeah, there's like you said, there's uh, the standout ones. But, I mean, I think you can make arguments for a good five or six people that you could say, well, it makes sense X way if they if they, if X wanted to win the Royal Rumble. Like, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility if somebody like Drew McIntyre won the Royal Rumble, though apparently his contract is coming up soon. As is apparently, I think, Finn Balor's I saw the other day, too. That's the topic of discussion for another day, maybe when we get more top uh, um, more news on that. Uh Cam, what's your level of excitement going into the Royal Rumble this Saturday? I mean, it's the Rumble. I mean, I still have it as my number one, my favorite event of the year. I mean, of course, WrestleMania is WrestleMania, but the Rumble, you know, it's its own thing. You know, thank God they got rid of the Andre, Andre the Giant Battle Royal at WrestleMania and stuff like that. So it's only one Royal Rumble, Battle Royal, whatever you want to call it, a year. Um, you know, it's to me, it's, you know, the, it's the easiest 
event to watch. It's the most pleasurable. Typically, you know, we've had some, some shitty finishes in years past, but you know, I'm excited for the rumble. I think it's hard to kind of pick both matches and I'm kind of interested to see what's going to happen in the fiddle four way. And if Dwayne makes an appearance. Yeah, so let's get into these four matches here to preview. Uh, the first one, the United States Championship, Logan Paul defending against Kevin Owens. Uh, I saw that they had a little quote-unquote scuffle at the Performance Center today, so that obviously continues their feud there. I mean, I expect this to be a good match. As we continue to say about Logan Paul, you know, he constantly impresses when he is in a match like this. Uh, he's been showing up on TV, I think, pretty much every other SmackDown, which is fine. Uh, you know, you don't have to have the U.S. champion on there every show. Uh, I think you know, Kevin Owens, obviously veteran of the business. I'm sure him and Logan will work well. Obviously Kevin doesn't do the high flying stuff like Logan does. So you won't see a match like that. Like we saw with, uh, with Ricochet, but listen, man, Logan Paul always brings his working boots to, uh, to these matches. I expect him to bring him here again. He's pretty much fully dedicated to the WWE when it comes to wrestling. So, uh, I think he's going to retain the title. Uh, I think he's not going to lose it till WrestleMania, get a couple wins with him as U.S. champion under his belt. And then when somebody beats him at WrestleMania, it comes off as like a big deal. So I think Logan Paul retains the U.S. title here. Maybe some shenanigans that somebody uh, helps him out, and then we get Kevin Owens' next program too. But I think Logan Paul retains in this match. Uh, who are you going with, Chairman? Yeah, I can definitely see um, Logan Paul winning here. I think he just re-upped a deal, too, if I read it earlier today somewhere. But, um, you know, he, he he he's cringe. I mean, I will say that. But he's kind of grown on me. I mean, he puts in the work. I, I can't discredit that. I mean, for a celebrity wrestler, he puts the work in. You know, he's had some good matches. Um, you know, he, he could draw the heat. You know, he could definitely do that. So, I mean, it's good. You know, KO is obviously – he's the type that's willing to do business – and I'm sure Logan will win. And then, of course, let's be real here. You have Logan Paul, big celebrity, big platform, WrestleMania. So who challenges him? Would it be like a bad bunny coming in? Gross for another celebrity match for the title? Or does you know, somebody else step up? So it would be interesting to see kind of where that goes. But we should have a surprisingly decent match, I think, out of these two. All right, Cam, who are you going with? I mean, I think the match is going to be great. I mean, I, you know, Kevin's definitely going to sell for him. You know, Logan will take a swan tom bomb off the top rope from Kevin Owens. I think it's going to be a great match. Um, I mean, Logan Paul wins here, and I still think we're on the track for Logan Paul LA Night WrestleMania, one of the co-main events of night one or night two, whatever night you want to stick it on. I think that's that's the money route. You know, we'll talk about the Fatal 4-Way here in a few. Um, but I think that's, that's where it's got to go. I mean, LA Knight's still... You know, maybe his hype's died down a little bit, you know, with Randy Orton being back and, and CM Punk being back and things like that. But I think LA Knight's still the guy because I don't see – I don't think Randy Orton's going to face Logan Paul at WrestleMania. I don't think Randy Orton really needs the fucking U.S. title either. So if you look at, like, the the top baby faces on SmackDown, um, I think LA Knight's still our guy to be the one that dethrones uh, Logan Paul and get a huge pop. And it'll be big for LA Knight to continue his fame because Logan will – talk about it on his podcast and all the other shit that he does and you know maybe he'll trade the didn't he trade the u.s title to patrick mahomes for Super Bowl ring or something like that they should uh if if uh if mahomes loses on sunday to the to the ravens then maybe we can get maybe we can jason kelsey travis kelsey taylor swift uh patrick mahomes brother that everyone fucking hates and in uh uh in um uh, 
Jake or Logan Paul's corner for WrestleMania and LA Knight can get a win over, you know, just pretty much everyone that no one likes on the internet right now. Okay, I was say please don't ruin WrestleMania. As a Bills fan, please don't ruin WrestleMania for me. But yeah, okay, if LA Knight takes all of them out, I am 100% okay with that happening then. <laughs> um, so let's move on now to the uh, the Fatal 4-Way match for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns defending against Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight. Of course, a few weeks ago, they had a three-way on a SmackDown between LA Knight, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton, and the bloodline interrupted it, which led to Nick Aldis telling Paul Heyman that now you have to tell Roman it's going to be a fatal four-way at the Rumble, and here we are with this match. Uh, it does take, you know, three stars out of the Rumble, which I think I'm okay with. You know, it's not that big of a deal to me, uh, you know. That's fine. It gives more star power to this match. I would not be surprised if this match went something like 40, 45 minutes, including entrances. Um, Chairman, I'll go over to you first here with this one. Who are you going with? Yeah, between the three challengers in this match and Kevin Owens, the SmackDown brand isn't going to be represented very well in the Royal Rumble. Um, unless, you know, someone decides to just hop back in. We've seen that before. But, I mean... I just don't see a scenario where Roman Reigns loses here. Like at this point, he's going to walk into Mania the champion. I just hope he's not facing Dwayne for the title. Cause that will just piss me off. Um, I mean, Cam pretty much talked about LA Knight. his opportunity probably, probably does come against uh Logan Paul. I kind of forgot about LA Knight because you know, as white high as he was last year, you know, he kind of fizzled out a little bit, not his own fault, just kind of way things have been. And then, you know, Orton, he might be a threat. I mean, He's probably got like a one percent chance of winning. I mean, I probably give him the odds of winning against any of the other three challengers, just because Orton could be chasing sixteen. And we've talked about on the podcast before if we had Randy Orton versus Cody Rhodes for the title to finish the story, the legacy history. You know, it'd be a good match. AJ at this point, you know, I just don't see him winning the title. I think he's just there to do business, collect the paycheck. So, and I think at this point, it's Roman. Yeah, uh, Black Slacks AJ was really throwing me off when he came back, and I still wrestling in them. Very, very surprised. Very, very weird look for an AJ Styles. Uh, Cam, who are you going with? Oh man, there's just so many scenarios that run through my head about the men's Royal Rumble and who's going to face Roman and who's going to face Seth and all these things. I mean, is the Rock going to make an appearance? Are they going to do Rock Roman this year, or are they going to wait till you know WrestleMania? Um, next year, so The Rock can appear on Netflix. Oh no, because that's not until 2025. So that, oh maybe I don't know. There's a lot of scenarios that run through my head. Roman's winning this match, but I just I'm more I'm more compelled on what's going to happen in the Royal Rumble than this match because no one's beaten him, and I already booked a match for LA Knight. AJ Styles, you can throw in there against Theory or somebody like that on a lower level match, or who knows. Um, and then as far as Randy Orton goes, you know we'll see what the kind of match they have in store for Randy. I think him and Solo is kind of like the him and Solo, like in a steel cage or something along those lines, is, is the best served thing for him. Um, yeah, I think Roman wins here. Um, I assume a AJ Styles is probably the guy that, that eats the pinfall. Um, and yeah, like I said, I just think I'm more compelled on what's going to happen in the men's Royal Rumble because there's so many different scenarios that could possibly happen. 
Yeah, I've seen some people suggest the idea that, like, oh, well, this is how you can get the title off Roman without pinning him, and that would just be the dumbest thing possible. This whole reign has been built up for somebody to pin Roman and beat him for the title. That is exactly why he, Roman has been champion for as long as he has. And if you did it that way, it would just be the worst possible booking you could possibly do. I mean, does it get the title off of Roman so you can do Roman Rock without it? Yes, but that just, to me, at least kills your whole, what we're on now, what, three-plus years of Roman Reigns being booked like this. Just doesn't make any sense. That's why I think Roman's retaining too. Um, because I agree pretty much with you can like AJ's probably being the one eating the pinfall here. Uh, if you do LA Knight and Logan Paul, like you said, where does that leave? You got Randy Orton. You could do Randy Orton solo. Maybe they build up Bobby Lashley's group and you can do Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley. I don't know. Uh, there's stuff you can throw around and do there, but yeah, I think Roman's winning. Um, like you said, it's intriguing to know where he could possibly be going this, you know, this coming WrestleMania season, whether it's The Rock, there's Cody out there, you know, the stories are all very intriguing, not knowing what exactly is going to happen. But I wouldn't say for, one thing's for sure. I think Roman's walking out champion uh, from the Rumble. Uh, let's go over now to the women's Royal Rumble match. Uh, as of this time, there's only uh, four people announced for it. Bailey, Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, and Bianca Belair. I thought for sure they were building up to a Nia Jax-Rhea Ripley match here, uh, but I guess that's not the case. Maybe that's something they do in Australia uh, for Rhea to give her a big win there. Uh, you know, They've actually built up Nia by having her beat Becky a couple weeks ago, clean on TV, which is really weird. Um Cam, I'll let you start on this one first here. Who do you have winning the Women's Rumble? I mean, a few weeks ago when we initially talked about the Rumble, I think there's there's only oh – God, I hope it's not Nia Jax. I mean, I, I can see it. Triple H is doing his best. I think her promo on Raw was, was better than what she's been doing. And if we remember old Nia Jax, her promos were not great at all, like very bad. This one was a little bit better. Um so, I mean, I guess we have to give her a, like maybe like a 10 to 1 odds or something like that because it could happen. But to me, I think this comes down to three people. Bailey, Becky, and Jade Cargill. And I think those are your only three real options because uh, returning Michelle McCool and AJ Lee will maybe be in the Royal Rumble, but she's not going to win. And Natty and, you know, everyone else, Chelsea Green, all these people. Chelsea Green will probably uh, beat the Bushwhacker record. or I think someone actually got eliminated quicker than that. Um, she'll probably break like the record for the fastest elimination in, in women's Royal Rumble history. Um, so yes, yeah, so I think it comes down to three choices, Becky Bailey and Jade Cargill. Um, if Jade debuts, I think she's going to win. But if there's a caveat, if she does, if Triple H doesn't think she's ready and it's a night after WrestleMania type of thing, um, I think it comes down to Becky Lynch. And I think it'll be Becky Rhea at WrestleMania. It's a really solidify Rhea as the most dominant women's champion of the last you know few years. Um, she'll go on a long run like Gunther's, like Roman's. Um, so I think those are the, the best odds. And I think if if they do go Bailey, I mean, Bailey can hold that above EO's head and all that stuff. So it's interesting there. But I'm, I'm going to go with Becky Lynch if the caveat is that Jay Cargill doesn't uh, debut. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed it for me, too. Those three women right there, I... I don't know who else you could throw out there. I think those are the, the only three you could look at. Like you said, if AJ Lee shows up, I don't think she's winning. Um, you know, I might just be even just a one-off appearance. Uh, I'm going to lead more toward Bailey. 
Uh, I'm picking Bailey to win this. I think you can do a chamber match. I know Becky had talked about never being in an elimination chamber. So maybe they do an elimination chamber match in Australia at that show and Becky wins there to fight Rhea. But I think Bailey winning the Rumble adds a little bit more to the story with her and damage control and possibly being kicked out. I mean, I saw the hints on SmackDown last week where, you know, she was fighting Bianca Belair and, you know, Io, Asuka and Kyrie Sane were all kind of like refusing to help Bailey out and like give help her get the win over Bianca. So that leads to, you know, you know, tension there and Dakota Kai not knowing what she wanted to do either. So I think it adds a Bailey World Rumble win kind of adds to the story where Bailey can say, Oh, maybe I'll go over to Raw and, you know, challenge uh, Rhea, and then all of a sudden she goes, nope, I'm challenging, you know, you, EO, at WrestleMania, and kind of adds more intrigue to the story as the week get built to WrestleMania. So I'm going ahead to pick Bailey to win the Royal Rumble. Uh, Chairman, who are you going with? Yeah, I mean, you look at the field, and the Caden Carters and the Katana Chances and the Zoe Starks of the world, they ain't going to win. I mean, yeah, it's nice that they really didn't announce anybody, which is cool. Keeps the element of surprise alive. But the Cancel Rays, the Alba Fires, they're not winning. They're just there. And, you know, maybe we get a Michelle McCool, like y'all said, or maybe Alita or Trish will show up. Maybe an AJ Lee. Maybe Justin's favorite Trinity will come. Maybe Sasha Banks will show up and end the AEW speculation. But at the end of the day, it's either going to be Becky or Bailey. And Becky won the Royal Rumble five years ago. And it's sure the collision course between her and Rhea is inevitable, but I agree that she's going to go through the Elimination Chamber to do that. Bailey's story is more interesting. She hasn't won the Rumble yet, and she would be the third horsewoman to do it. And, you know, if she wins the Rumble, then obviously you got the whole does she go after Rhea or does she go after Io? And that's where it's going to get really weird, especially let's say if Bailey happens to throw Asuka or Carrie Sane out of the Rumble, then you're going to have some real internal dissension. So I am going to check the box for Bailey. All right, and that leads us to the Men's Royal Rumble. They have a little bit more uh, people announced. They have eight. Uh, Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Gunther, Kofi Kingston, and Damian Priest. Um, I think looking at this, obviously Cody and CM Punk are the two heavy favorites. Uh, I think Gunther is a very interesting wild card, especially after his promo with Seth Rollins this past Monday and raw. And like I said, even like somebody like Drew McIntyre, who they've built up so strongly here, uh, over the last, you know, few weeks going into what's a pending, apparently free agency in the next few months. And then we had the Cody Rhodes CM Punk exchange over on Raw. You know, that led to speculation by somebody from Sports Illustrated that, you know, Cody versus Punk was happening at WrestleMania. And then apparently that guy got fed false information. He came out with a retraction on it today. Uh, so interesting stories here. I'm really almost tempted to pick Gunther only because he's been presented as such a, you know, main eventer. I mean, he comes back on raw this past Monday and just looks like a main eventer. His promo, I thought with Seth was simple, but effective. And I'm really, really tempted to go ahead and pick Gunther to win this match. And I want to do it, but I still think in the end, CM Punk ends up uh, being the one here to win the Royal rumble. He'll go on to challenge Seth for the title at WrestleMania. 
Uh, you know, he's one of the only, like, him and Gunther winning the Rumble would be the two logical choices that would make sense for them to not go after Roman, uh, even though I think both the matches would be good. But I think Punk was brought back for the Rumble to win it. I think he probably had some kind of guarantee on that and build up to this Punk-Rollins night one of WrestleMania, more than likely main event. And we'll get promo exchanges for the next two months between CM Punk and Seth Rollins that I'm sure will be good. That'll be filled with a little backstage innuendo here and there, but not take over fully like the Young Bucks story are trying to do on TV. But uh, I think Punk wins. I'll be interested to see what happens with Cody and his story then after this. Does, you know... Cody try to get a match in the Elimination Chamber to win it? Does, you know, does, do they do Rock, Roman, and Cody get in there for a three-way match? I've seen people suggesting they do, like, Rock, Roman, night one of WrestleMania, and then Roman, Cody, night two of WrestleMania. I don't think they would do that. But a lot of intrigue to see what happens with Cody's, you know, quote-unquote story uh, going into WrestleMania with the Rock involved. Uh, but I think I'm picking, C- I'm, I'm picking CM Punk to win here. Uh, though I really, really badly want to pick Gunther to win, but I'm going to go ahead and pick CM Punk. Uh, Chairman, who are you going with? Yeah, I realistically think it's those three. So you're Cody, Punk, or Gunther. I mean, we pretty much touched earlier SmackDown. They're all basically in that match of Roman. Like, it's just, I just can't see nobody else. I mean, Drew, maybe, but I don't see it. You know, it's just... I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about anybody else. I mean, yeah, we might get a few surprises here and there. And sure, Brock Lesnar's probably banished now because he's a bad person, apparently. But, you know, you, you look at all three of these guys, they all got compelling stories. Cody obviously has to finish the story. And, you know, Cody and Gunther were the final two last year. WWE loves to have the final two from the year before start the following year, so this year. So Cody and Gunther could be one and two. And I think Gunther was one of the first two last year, so... And then Sam Punk will probably come in at 27 and everyone will lose their shit. And then, you know, those those three will probably be the final three. And then Drew could be four or maybe it'll be Finn Balor. I don't know. You know, Judgment Day is going to be heavily involved. And I hope our troops in the Rumble. He has to be in the Rumble right now with Tom and Nick Mysterio. Like, they all got to be in there, right? I mean, it just makes it more fun. But, man, I, I've been back and forth with this, honestly. And the Seth injury really – um maybe second guess myself i guess because... real quick i'm sorry real quick chairman i was trying to throw this out there then you brought up judgment day and now seth i just want i'm waiting to figure out why it made any sense for damian priest not to cash in i think you tweeted this to not cash in his money in the bank briefcase this past monday on raw i asked the same man earlier so i said they could have turned the black out boom cash in but they got scared but uh yeah maybe he i don't know but uh compelling stories here because Gunther is obviously the intercontinental champion and I think he's got a match of his own at WrestleMania against somebody, Okada. Um, so that's off the table. So that leaves Cody and Punk. And, oh, man. It's like I want to pick Cody because they keep hitting at the whole back-to-back thing of seeing Austin. And no one's done back-to-back since him, you know. But I feel like, you know, I go I agree with the whole Punk thing. Like, it's almost like guaranteed in the contract probably that he gets the main event mania, wins the Rumble, you know. He's probably not going to wrestle a match after the Rumble until Mania. Seth's banged up. It's going to be a bunch of promos, and they'll be fine. And Cody will have to go to the chamber, even though I'm trying to figure out how he's going to get there. But I do remember when Jay Uso came over to Raw that there was a player to be announced later in the trade, and I think that Cody's going to be the one to do it. I think he's going to jump ship and go to SmackDown. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Hell, Jay Uso could win the Royal Rumble and chuck us all, but I'm picking CM Punk. 
All right, Cam, and who are you going with? Okay, our only caveat to all of our ideas is MJF. Now, do I think he's WWE bound right now? No, I think at some point he's taking time. And if he is going to finish up with AEW and come to the WWE, um, I think it may happen after Revolution or after WrestleMania, something along those lines. Hell, they might even hold off, let him really fully recover and, and finish, not to, you know, not to poke fun, but finish his story, so to speak, in AEW, and then maybe take some time off and maybe debut at uh, Money in the Bank next year, SummerSlam, something like that. So that's my only caveat. Does MJF fucking show up in the Royal Rumble? Now, um, as far as the men's Royal Rumble, Truth's definitely cost him Damian Priest. I think Damian Priest is maybe the fifth guy left. Truth comes down with the money or something. You know, Damian gets eliminated. They kick his butt the next night on Raw. Miz comes down, and that's how we're going to get, you know, um, awesome truth reunited at for a tag team match at WrestleMania. And it'll kind of be like Matt Cardona and uh, Brian Myers all those years ago, Kurt Hawkins and Zach Ryder, where they had them win the tag team titles at WrestleMania. I think we're going to get a moment like that this year at WrestleMania, a nice feel-good moment, and they'll drop them to somebody somewhere down the line. Um, I think our final four is, is kind of black and white, to be honest. I think it's Punk, Cody, Drew, Gunther. Um, I think we end up getting Drew and Gunther at WrestleMania and maybe even Drew if he does sign a new deal to WWE. Drew's the guy that dethroned Gunther at WrestleMania. Um, and now as far as Punk and Cody goes, I mean, do they do the whole double elimination thing? Like, are they going to play into it a little bit? Um, but I think Punk wins. And the funniest thing I think about this is that if Bret Hart goes full, like, or excuse me, if Seth Rollins goes full Bret Hart and comes out on Raw in the wheelchair, how pissed off is CM Punk going to be that he doesn't get to be that character of Bret Hart like in the mid-90s mid, mid, mid 90s Bret Hart where he sat in the wheelchair and talked shit to Shawn Michaels? That's what it's going to be. It's going to be hilarious that CM Punk has to be Shawn Michaels and Seth Rollins gets to be Bret Hart, but that's the role we're going to play. Um, I think this is Punk's quote-unquote year, and as far as Mania goes, I think, I think what you said, Justin, is true. I think Cody goes to SmackDown, wins the Chamber, challenges um, Roman, and I'll even go further out there that Roman is going. Cody's going to beat Roman this year at WrestleMania, and when the show's over and Cody's won and he's walked up the ramp, The Rock's music's going to fucking hit. The Rock's going to take the lay, um, the the Tribal Chief lay from Paul Heyman, and we have a one-year buildup to Rock Roman WrestleMania 41. All right. Okay, and that is our Rumble preview show and our little recap of everything that's happened over the last few weeks. Uh, we'll be back next week to recap the Royal Rumble and talk about what the fallout on Raw and talk about any new Vince McMahon or anything behind the scenes later that happens in WWE AEW. So for my co-host Cam and the chairman Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys then.